You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. In this episode, we want to talk about independent driving. But before we do, we'd like to ask you for a favour. We've recently run some focus groups and it's become obvious that nervous drivers don't realise that there is help out there for them. So if you know a nervous driver, please let them know about this podcast, the help on our website or on our socials, or even leave us a review so that we're easier to find. So let's get back to this week's subject. Kev, independent driving. We have slightly different versions of this. So when a driving instructor talks about independent driving, it's a little bit different to my version of independent driving. Yeah, and I suppose that is because of what we do and what is on a test. So independent driving could mean what you have to do on your test. So either following signs to a place or using a sat-nav. But also with independent driving, we have someone driving independently on their own without any help from us as an instructor. Yeah, and I think the reasons for that are fairly obvious, aren't they? Is the fact that on your driving test, you have to drive without help. But also, as soon as you've passed your driving test, the idea is that you can jump in a car on your own and go off and drive without any help from anyone else. And exactly that. And what I try and do in my lessons is make sure people are confident to drive anywhere. So they pass their test and then they can go off driving to different places, different locations for whatever reason. But knowing that they have the skills behind them to be able to do it on their own. And I think it starts right at the beginning of your driving lessons or before you even start your driving lessons where you might be sitting in a car and Mum and Dad say, how would you get to such and such? And you start reading signs. So I think it starts really early, even before you start driving. Yeah, and it's a funny one, this, because it seems like a subject which is so obvious. Why on earth would we even consider talking about it? But there are some genuine reasons for us to talk about this, because... We're aware that not everyone gets to do this fully on their lessons in the way that they would if they were driving on their own. This came up at the event that we were at, at Nottingham Trent University, and every single piece of research that was being discussed talked about driving independence in one form or another. So they didn't use that exact phrase, but it was mentioned. We know that in the first 12 months for a new driver, that that's when they're learning their situational awareness. And it's when they're gaining experience of lots of different situations and scenarios. We know that drivers often behave differently on their driving tests to how they do in their driving lessons. And we also know that anxious drivers struggle the most with driving decisions. 
and one of the things that we hear from a lot of our clients that we were one-to-one with are that they say they felt that they weren't set up to be able to drive on their own. They felt that they were taught how to drive in lessons, but they didn't feel prepared for driving alone afterwards. No, and I think this is where it's essential in your training, whether you're having lessons with mum and dad or with a driving instructor or whoever it may be, that you get to start practising the basic skills of independent driving. And I feel that even using some of the controls in the car could be turning the radio on, could be turning the radio off or the heating controls or whatever it may be. You know, you are familiar with the car that you are driving. It might well be different car after you've passed your test, but you make sure that you are familiar with your car. So you're, if something happens and you have to turn the heating on, know where those controls are. You're doing this on your own. You won't have someone else doing it for you. And another way of doing this is, we mentioned earlier about following signs. So when you're driving, have a task where you notice all the signs on the road. This could be road signs telling you directions of places or even road names. And I think that's really interesting because notice what happens to your driving. Your driving will, in the early stages of doing this, will deteriorate. It will get slower because your concentration wavers. You're not concentrating on the driving task. You're more concentrated on noticing the signs. And I think this is one of the first steps. One is making a decision and two is noticing things. And once you can start to do that, you can then move on to the next stage. And it gives you just an idea of driving independently. And you might already do this in your lessons. Pick three friends and you have to drive to pick these friends up. It's it's a game that I play and it gets people to actually start thinking about the route what happens when you get to that person's house? Where am I going to park the car? And it gets people to start noticing how they're driving because they want to get there. They want to pick these friends up. And I think this is about practicing these skills in your lessons, not to pass a test, but to be driving independently. So post-test, what you're doing is you're using those same skills of driving, making decisions, and it all becomes easier. You're more confident because you've practiced those skills. And it's those skills that I feel that we, as driving instructors or mum and dad, we don't practice enough. We are always there as a comfort blanket for that student that we've got. And we'd always ask questions to stop them making mistakes. Or we might ask a little, how would you deal with this situation? You know, how far are you looking ahead? So, you know, those little things that we can do as instructors or mum and dad or the person sitting next to you. And it's not you actually going through that process. Yeah. And that's the really clear thing that we've been talking about, isn't it? It's this idea of your driving instructor or your supervising driver is often giving little prompts, giving little hints, asking really helpful little coaching questions. But actually, when you're doing that to somebody in the latter stages of their lessons, you're helping them make the decisions and not allowing them to make their own decisions. But I'm guessing that driving instructors maybe feel as if they're not giving good value or they're maybe not doing their job correctly if they're not asking questions. 
Yeah, and that's, you know, I struggle with that because I want to help the person. I want to help the person succeed. So what it is about sometimes is making sure or contracting, for want of a better word, at the beginning of the lesson to make sure I know my role, the student knows their role, and we all know what's going to happen. I'm still there as a safety blanket, but I'm going to use it at the very last moment because I want you, the student, to be making those decisions and making them in good time so that you are arriving at a hazard prepared, you know the route that you're going to take, and you're making sure that this is as close as you can get to driving on your own. And that's what we're aiming for in lessons before you pass your test, is to give you that experience. Yeah, and sometimes do you find you have to bite your tongue not to interfere, not to prompt, not to ask a question? Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, you, 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 there's something I've seen that the student hasn't. In a previous lesson when we first started, I would have definitely mentioned. But now people are driving on their own. And I can see something like a, a slow-moving vehicle up ahead on a dual carriageway. And this person's driving in lane one. There's lane two there, not lane three. And I know they're going to have to overtake this slow-moving vehicle. And I'm thinking, shut up, Kev. Shut up, Kev. <laughs> Let this person deal with it. They need to experience this. But it's amazing when you don't say something. You really want to help, but you can't. But that's where learning takes place for the student. And am I giving value for money in that situation? Yes, by not saying anything and letting the student actually deal with, make decisions, that situation that is happening is going to help them later on. Yeah, because that's the one that they're going to remember more than all the times you've told them or prompted them in the past. It's the one where they're making their own decision, I guess. Exactly, but it also gives us something, once we've stopped, it gives us something to talk about. Yeah. And that's where my skills then come in. So you're then talking about, oh, do you remember that slow moving vehicle on the dual carriageway? How would you do that differently next time? What might happen next time for you to, to be able to not slow down or have to wait for cars to overtake you? What would you do differently that's going to have a better result resulting in you being more confident in the future? You know, what is what is going to happen? What would you do differently? And I think that's where we need to go as instructors. And also, mum and dad, you want to help you succeed. But it is allowing you that safe environment to be able to maybe make a mistake or do something or slow down that we didn't really need to. So just those little things that you're doing to make them more confident. Yeah, and being really clear here, so we're not talking about driving independently from lesson three or four. So when you're in the early stages of your lessons, then you're not really making your own driving decisions as much. And you are going to be heavily guided, prompted, coached by your driving instructor. But as you're progressing through your lessons, I guess there's a crossover between how much help you need and how much help you're being given. Yeah, exactly. And it does start early in the lessons, probably on the first lesson. Could be from the first time that you meet, depending on the area where you live, you might have to make a decision as to whether or not you want to start your lesson at home or you want to drive to somewhere quieter. You know, these are little decisions that you can start to make in your driving experience. If we're talking about further down the line, after a few lessons, you might be making decisions as to go left or right at the end of the road and 
the coach, the trainer would be asking, well, why do you want to go left instead of right? Well, if I go right, it's, it takes me to that, and I don't want to deal with that yet. I want to go left to be able to deal with this. That's great because that's given you that independence. I know what I want to do. And I think this is where you then just take it one step at a time a little bit further. And then you're not just making one decision at the end of the road, turn left, great. Where are you going to go after that? So you can add in this and build on a, a bit like building a house. You've set the foundations and then you carry on building the blocks on top of it and get into the point where you are getting in a car, driving independently with your instructor there, not really doing much at all. You might be talking about what sort of day you've had, what sort of things you're looking forward to after your lesson. So again, those sort of questions, again, may well affect your driving. But the skill of driving is independence. Yeah, and there are some real, really strong advantages to doing this. One of the clear ones is that we often hear instructors saying, my student drove differently in their test and failed. They never drive like that in their lessons. And if that's happened to you, if you failed a test because actually you've driven differently, what are the reasons? Why did you drive differently? Was it because you were in a unique situation where you were having to make decisions for yourself, where the examiner doesn't help you? If that resonates with you, then perhaps driving independence is an area that you need to focus on more. So using our son as an example, in the last couple of months of his driving lessons, and you'd be hard pushed to call them lessons by that stage, because with the delays and everything that are happening, he had ample opportunity for driving practice, really, rather than lessons. And so in those final couple of months... He was driving independently and I I know I sat in the back a couple of times as we were going different places while he was practising and you weren't really helping him at all. We were just chatting about normal everyday things. Now the advantage of that was that come test day, yes, there's an underlying level of nerves of it's a test and there's going to be an examiner, but he had the evidence and he knew that he could drive. He absolutely had a couple of months worth of evidence there that he had confidence in his driving skills and his driving ability because he'd been making his own driving decisions for weeks running up to his test. And if he failed for some reason, he knew he would just put in again and take it. Yeah, and sometimes people do drive differently on the test because, one, they're not used to someone not saying anything. They're not used to silence. And silence is one of the biggest things that people hate when they're driving because they're so used to talking, even if it is like my son. And we used to chat about things. We chat about football, whatever it was, but we would chat and he would just drive. But if there is a silence, how do you cope with that if you're not used to it? Have you been trained to deal with silence? Have you been trained for someone to give you directions in a certain way? You know, that may be really off-putting as well. Is it a different sat-nav to the one that you've been using? You might well use Google Maps on your phone or whatever it is, but the examiners use a different one and it's a different voice. It will give you different directions. They say things slightly different. So again, it's all these little things that add up and they go, oh, that's not quite what I'm used to. But having the experience of trying different sat-navs, there's loads of different apps on your phone you can get. Try different ones. Have you gone somewhere and followed signs you might actually know the route off by heart but what are the signs saying 
Which road is it? What's the name of the road? What's the number of the road? All these little things that you can add into your driving to help you become more confident. So whoever's there giving you directions, whether it's a sat-nav, a driving examiner, or whatever, you know what's happening and you know where you are and what's going on, names of roads, etc. And touching on the test, this is why they changed the test. They changed the test to bring in independent driving, which is either following a sat-nav or following road signs. And it's to get a more real-life situation. What are you going to be doing post-test? And this is why it's changed. And we heard at that event, you yeah. know, the, the DVSA talking. They wanted to see you driving independently. What are you going to be doing? And some of the show-me-tell-me questions are done on the move. And it really is trying to make it as realistic as possible for you to be able to jump in your car an hour after your test and drive all on your own, and for it not to be that dissimilar to the experiences that you've already had. Yeah, and it will feel different because there won't be anybody there. There won't be that person sitting next to you. And you, you can't get away from that fact of someone physically sitting there. But what you can do is have the knowledge and be confident in your skills to be able to either talk yourself through a situation or be confident enough to say, I've done this before, I can do it again. Yeah, and being able to make your own driving decisions, which in theory, you should have been making in those latter stages of your lessons. So you should be more used to it. Yeah, and that, that's what we're aiming for. I mean, people come to me and say, oh, Kev, I need help. I want some lessons so I can pass my test. One of the strangest questions I ask back is, do you really want to pass a test? And people look at me and go, what's, what's, what are you talking about? Because people don't want to pass a test. What they want is what passing a test gives them. Yeah. And that is that driving independently. And I saw your face there. It changed when I said that. It was like... No, they do want to pass the test. That's what they're having lessons for, yeah. to pass the test. Well, people don't. And why is it that you want to take that test, pass your theory and do your practical test? It's because it gives you that freedom. It allows you to have that new job. It allows you to drive the kids somewhere, whatever it may be. And that's the focus. The driving test is just an assessment of your driving to see whether or not you can drive independently, safely, competently, and confidently. Great. I think we've covered that really nicely now. So I'm thinking for anybody listening, obviously this topic mainly focuses on learner drivers and making sure that they've got the confidence before their test. But equally, this works for people who have passed their test. And we know that nervous drivers who have passed their test, this is the area they struggle in. They're driving independently on their own, making their own decisions. So some telltale signs that this could be an area that you need to work on would be asking, what do I do? How do I do this? What do I do next? I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's questions that come up quite a lot in lessons. What do I do in this situation? What do you think you might do in that situation? Ah, oh, first thing I've got to do is this. Great. So you've started that process again. And driving is a process. It's a repeatable process all the time. You see a hazard up ahead. I mentioned again the slow-moving vehicle. What's the first thing we do? Right, I've got to check around, see what's happening. Then you have to make a decision. Assess the situation. Right, okay, there's a car behind me. It's driving quite fast. So what I'll do is I'll do this. Great. Now what we need to do is to decide when we're going to do it. And then we have to act on it. 
So again, looking, assessing, deciding and acting and build that into your driving. Even if you've got a license and you're getting back into driving, if you feel a bit nervous or your confidence drop, this is one of those things that people can do is just take your time or even, and I know we do this quite a lot, is just visualise driving. Yeah. It's a great tip that is just visualise driving yourself. Okay, so if you catch yourself asking those questions, the first thing really is to make sure you're not asking the question out of habit. Mm. Do you genuinely not know the answer to that question? In which case you're not ready to drive independently and you're not ready to take your driving test. But are you asking that question simply out of habit and simply because you want to use that safety net of your instructor or your supervising driver? So question yourself, why am I asking that question? Do I know the answer? And if I do, can I answer myself? So using our talking out loud would work really well there. If you ask the question, answer yourself as well. So get out of the habit of thinking, I don't know what to do. What do I do next? How do I deal with this? See whether you've got that information and those answers. Get used to answering those questions yourself and making your own decisions. And again, some people ask the question just for confirmation. Yes. That's one of the things I've noticed with learners is they, they don't want to do something wrong. So they won't do anything, they'll ask a question just so I can tell them what to do. But they sometimes then soon realise that I'm not really going to give them the answer, unless I have to, obviously. Yeah. But it's again, it's about them making decisions. And I'll give you a simple example of... There's a parked car on the left-hand side of the road and there's an oncoming car towards you and you're unsure about whether to go through that gap. As soon as you mention that word unsure, what's the first thing we're going to do? What you're going to do? What are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. But what (laughs) is the first thing you're going to do, hopefully, is slow down. Yep. Because when you slow down, what you do is you give yourself more time to reassess the situation make a different decision you might decide i can get through or do you know what i can't go through whatever decision you make then you have to make another decision okay so i'm going to go through what speed am i going to go through yeah or i'm going to slow down where do i want to stop do i need to stop so again these little questions but it's about if you're ever unsure slow down so you can actually do this before getting in the car as well. You can prep and plan for this. So if you know what route you're going to go on, if you know what tasks you're going to have to face, so maybe a right-hand junction or a roundabout or a manoeuvre, then think about them beforehand and ask yourself, how confident do I feel in making my own decisions to do that? Do I need to be guided and helped? Do I need to be prompted? Or am I able to make those decisions independently? And use that as a guide. So check. And then if you feel that you do need help or prompting, then where are you going to go to find out that information so that you can build your knowledge and experience so that you're then able to make those driving decisions? Yes, and this is what it's all about. Have a plan. If you've passed your test, but you're still a little bit nervous about going out driving, have a plan. Have a plan of the route that you're going to first take. It may just be driving to the bottom of the road, turning around and coming back again. That's brilliant. Because again, what you're doing is you're making a decision. You're making a decision of first one, going to drive on my own. Just want to drive there, turn around because it's nice and easy. 
there's nothing there and it's like a little circle and I can just don't even have to do any reversing. Turn around and come back again and park. And then stop. Get out of the car. What's the next plan? What's the next route that you're going to do? Might well be go to a McDonald's drive-thru. You might well have done that on your lessons. Fantastic. But again, just think about the next step you're going to take. Great. So, what do you think? Are you making your own driving decisions? Or is this something that you need to practice to help you drive more confidently and actually set aside some of those driving test nerves that you might be battling? Hopefully you found that useful. And if you have, who else might find this episode useful? All of our contact details are in the show notes, as always. And feel free to get in touch and let us know how you get on. So until next time, have a great day, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast. If you would like to access any of our free tools, go to confidentdrivers.co.uk forward slash free tools and begin to transform how you feel about driving.